So actually, you can keep your eyes closed for a moment because I do just want to start really in, in prayer and in His presence. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come and be with us this morning. Lord, I ask for a, um, your spirit of wisdom, understanding, revelation to just be here in this place. Jesus, I ask for your presence because without you, Lord, there's no point. And it's your words. And I just ask that you would open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us today. Um, and just keeping your eyes closed for a minute, I just want you to stop and become aware of his presence. Just put everything else to the side and take that pause and just open your heart to just feel him acknowledge his presence. Reason being is today the message that I want to share is um, is less of like a teaching tool, something the Lord's been teaching me, but it's more of a prophetic word that's just been growing and building in my heart for the last couple of months even. Um, and so the picture I have is what I have for you today is less of a tool but more like seeds um, that I'm just going to lay out and then it's up to you to take them and water them in the intimacy of your own relationship with the Lord. So I'm just going to put this out there and this is for you to receive into your heart. So that's why I just want to start here in his presence. And then I want you to just ask the Lord now to start tugging on your heart if this is really something for you. So just ask him, Lord, if this is for me, would you start tugging on areas of my life or things in my heart? that this is for me to receive today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So what I want to share today, the title of this message, um, is bringing hope to the surface. And it's a word, it's very much a prophetic word that I've been processing with the Lord, and it's very much in my heart. So I might be reading a little bit on my notes, but because I'm trying to translate something that's really in my spirit. Into, into words for you. So the title is Bringing Hope to the Surface. Um, and what I really feel that there has really been a change in the season, in the spirit. I know that I've spoken to many people here and they've said the same thing, that there's just, we felt that there's this, this shift, that there's something different, that something's going on. And I've been really um, praying into what that is. And then also, well, where do I need to stand? What does it look like? Where do I need to position myself in this new thing that God is doing? Um, and I felt this so strong that for me personally, I know personally I can give you the day that I felt like it shifted. For me, it was the 25th of March. Like that's how specific the Lord has been to me in this um, thing. I felt something shift on that day. The Lord started speaking to me and hasn't stopped speaking to me about this kind of since then. And I've just been trying to flesh it out and trying to bring it um, up to the surface. And he basically told me, Jess, it's time to bring your hope to the surface when it comes to some outstanding promises. And I feel like there are promises that are hanging over this church family. There's promises hanging over this nation and this country. But I also feel like there are outstanding promises in your personal lives. There's some things that you've been waiting on. There's some things that the Lord has spoken to you sometimes years and years back that are still outstanding, that are still there, that you're still dreaming for, that the Lord has told you, this is what I have for you. And he has in the future, and it's, it's been in the future for a long time, that this is where we're building and going to. And I feel like it's quite a unique shift in the season. Um, and the Lord just brought me, I've been camped in Joshua 1 for months. <laughs> um, and I feel like we're really in a Joshua 1 moment where 
the Israelites, they've been in the desert for a long time and they, their promised land has been in the future and a lot of their energy and a lot of who they are and what they were, they're going towards this promise. But in Joshua 1, we see this massive season shift. So I'm just going to read that part of the Bible. You can turn with me there as well if you want to. I'm just going to read the, the first word, Joshua 1 to 9, just for the beginning. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I am giving them, to the people of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. From the time of the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. To this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all according to what is written in it. For you, well, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Um, and why I feel like this is a real um, unique shift and why I feel like we are here. Number one, the first thing I noted when you read this is the Lord comes and says, the season has changed. Moses, my servant, is dead. That part is done. That desert is done. That's number one. Number two, then he, he delivers the promise of what they're going into. Do you remember? This is what I said. This is a promised land. You're going to go in. You're going to do these things. The third thing is the promise of his presence. I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going into um, this place, which is like, don't go where he's not. So we're not highlighting just random hopes and dreams um, uh, for your own heart. We're talking about what has God said over your life. Um, and the other thing of that is you are not alone. And the fourth thing is the instruction of how. Being strong and courageous to remember the law, the past, who God has been, who God says you are and how to do it in this way, um, and the testimony of who God has been to you in the past. But the main thing that I want to highlight from this passage is that in this moment when the season shifted, the promised land didn't come to them. They had to step into the promise. So what happened was they were standing, they had both feet in the sand, in the desert, and the Lord said, the season has changed. Moses, my servant, is dead. Like, this is the promise. The time is now. We're going but they were still firmly rooted in the desert. They were still firmly rooted. Nothing had changed around them. And so often when we think about a season change, how we determine that the season has now changed is we determine it by landscape. And we determine it, oh, the things around me has changed. This is changing around me. Therefore, the season has changed. But in this instant, and I feel like this is the season that we're in now, it's actually the Lord has spoken out and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. This is past. This, this time is gone and over. It's now time to walk into the promised land. And actually, there, it requires a, a step of faith. And it requires us to bring our hope up and our faith up and actually to make a move to cross the Jordan and to say, that's my promise. And I'm, the season has changed. And I need to do something about it to actually change my landscape. That there's a partnering with um, his word in that moment. Um, that there comes a time that when God calls you, 
out of your waiting season and into the promised land. And he does that when both feet are still in the desert. Both feet are still there. And that can sometimes be quite a, um, that can sometimes be quite a, a scary thing to do because you just have the word of the Lord to go on. And they just had the word of the Lord to go on in this moment. Um, the command was, you know, to be bold and courageous. And I thought of like, why? I'd always assumed it's because they were about to face some, some pretty, pretty big battles. You know, they were about to face some, some, um, some war. But, and you know, obviously that, that was there for sure. But I think partly it was also because um, it takes real courage to cross that Jordan. It takes real courage to decide my season has changed and to believe the word of the Lord and to start stepping out into things that you have only been hoping for for the last 40 years in the desert. It takes real courage to do this. Um, that nothing had changed around them. They actually had to believe the promise and step out towards it. They actually had to step towards it um, rather than waiting for these things to then change around them and to come to them. Um, they literally had to step out with nothing except a hope and a prayer, quite literally. It was a hope and a prayer. Um, and there was a risk to this hope in Joshua, just the next verse in Joshua 10, um, one, one, 1 verse 10, it says that Joshua and that he sent word out through the camp and he sent the word out that in three days, like prepare yourselves, get ready for in three days we move out. So like I just put myself in that like a young Israelite position where they, um, they're going to be there. They've grown up in the desert. They've been waiting for this all of this time. They've had this hope. And then all of a sudden, it's like in three days, we're moving out. And that person, I can imagine, I just had this picture of, of them standing in, at the edge of the Jordan, maybe ankle deep in the water, just looking out and knowing what's there, knowing the battles, knowing the giants in the land, as they said, um, has you know their stories from their parents had, had told them up, knowing what faced them. And I can imagine that would be really scary because you had that moment of, you know, if I'm wrong about this, <laughs> I'm going to die today. If, if, if I'm wrong about this, I could die today. So they, 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 it required a certain level of hope in the Lord and faith and trust in his word that they were prepared to step out and over that. Like, that is a scary thing. Um, and also to realize that they had to do what their parents didn't have the courage or bravery to do. So you can see it reiterated over and over. Be bold and courageous. Be bold and courageous. Be very bold and courageous. I tell you, be bold and courageous. Because one generation previously, when they were supposed to enter into the land, it was fear that kept them from stepping over. It was that moment where they, they, their parents stood on the Jordan and they didn't cross because they didn't, they looked and they thought, we're gonna die. You brought us here to die. This is, we can't do this. We're grasshoppers in their sights. So I just realized, you know, what happened to their parents was if they stayed in the desert, they died in the desert. And for their children, they stood there and they realized, okay, if I stay here in the desert and wait for the promised land to come to me, it's not going to happen. I'm going to stay in the desert. I'm going to die in the desert. This is where it's going to be. So they had to take, lift up this hope and courage in them to, in order to step into what God had for them. There are some promises that take boldness and courage to bring your hope to the surface while your feet are still in the sand. Step over and cross into the promised land, even although you might look like a grasshopper in their sights. 
it takes a lot of courage to hope for a long-awaited promise because the desert is the familiar thing. Um, I want to next also acknowledge that for some promises in particular, it's actually a really scary thing. And the reason I'm going there is because I think that um, when I think that there are some promises that you have in your heart that you've believed for a really long time and you've had to fight for them in the desert. You've had to fight to keep it alive. You've had to fight to keep hope. Um, and some things, some of, some of those things you've had to put, even like just shove down, put away because it's actually a bit painful to hope for because it's, it hasn't been around. It hasn't been there. And when the Lord asks you, hey, I want to bring this up. I actually want to bring this right here to the surface. It can be very scary because that place has become a very sensitive area. It's become a very, very sensitive area. And so I do want to acknowledge that that is, can be a very scary thing to face, um, that there's a risk to believing, um, and that you can actually have that feeling, like that little Israelite that's standing there and being like, you know, if I'm hearing you wrong about this, Lord, this could really hurt. This could really hurt. So I do want to acknowledge that because this is what I'm facing in my life at the moment as well, believing for things that the Lord is bringing up. Um, so yeah, when the Lord started speaking to me about this, I definitely had my little terrified Israelite soldier moment. I was like, whew, I've, I had faith for this in the desert. I was like, yeah, we're going to the promised land. It's great. I'm collecting my manna, being like, woo, it's going to be amazing. I can do that. It's all there. And then all of a sudden, it's like, in three days, we're moving out. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but my little basket of manna, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> now and it's just then all of a sudden I'm like you know what I realize I have got all the faith in the world for the desert for the future for that's going to be great I believe the Lord he's going to do great things and then the Lord's like cross the Jordan I'm like no I can't swim um I'm like, you know. uh, so um the Lord started speaking to me I got really scared and I realized that I'd built faith for the desert in my desert season but I hadn't built the hope it takes to conquer the promise because it requires hope to conquer that land you can't do that if you don't have hope in the season you don't you, you cannot enter in if you don't know if you haven't risen to the hope to which you are called so um i told the lord i was like you know there are things that i would much rather hide in the desert for and let god bring the land to me you know, it's like, can you go forth into the promised land, clear it all out, pass it all there, call me when you're done. And then we can be like, oh, yay, and we can just go in. But that wasn't the moment. It was a moment where you had to face, look everything in the eye and say, you know what, but God still says this, so I still believe you. Um, and then the Lord told me this, which was um, a bit rude, but anyway. Um, <laughs> listen. Sometimes he's told me, and like, it's so true. You know, when the Lord tells you something and you're like, ouch, that's good. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> he said, yes, it takes a hero to be in the desert in a desert season, but it takes a coward to be in the desert in a promised land season. You see, rude, but like so good. I was like, thank you, Lord. I appreciate that snack. I just, yeah, it was good. Thank you for that. Um, but it's true. It takes a hero to be in the desert in a desert season. And some of you guys, there are promises in you that you are in the waiting for, and that's a beautiful space. It's a really, really 
beautiful place to be. And it takes a hero to be there in that season. However, if there are things that the Lord is tugging on your heart, if there are dreams in your heart, there are places that the Lord is knocking, it takes a coward to be in the desert in a promised land season. I was like, oh, okay. Drops manna basket. Um, so the fight looks different in different seasons. The fight in the desert season looks for fighting for just patience, for faith, for believing. It's character building. It's something that God's preparing you for. It's a lovely space, and it's a difficult space as well. But there, the fight looks different when you're standing on the precipice of something and the Lord tells you to move, and the Lord tells you to jump. And um, nothing external has changed, but the Lord says these things internal have changed, and you're going to act out from, your, from who you are. Um, I um, realized, and the Lord gave me another picture of what I was doing, we're just doing some real furniture shifting down in those foundations. But I realized he showed me this picture of me under an umbrella. And he said, Jess, what you've done, you've taken your hope and what, what you have for your future and the promises that you've had, and you've brought them to a realistic level. You've brought them to a space in which I have control over them. This is something that realistically I can achieve, that this is a realistic goal for my life. And there's, again, I just want to say, like, hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that, you know, don't be realistic. Obviously, there's a place and time for that. But in my case, there were promises that the Lord had given me and had told me that were so much bigger than myself and seemed completely out of control. And I realized what I was wanting to do is bring them to a realistic level so that I wouldn't be disappointed, so that if I can control these things, then I can be in control of my happiness I can be in control of my mood. I can be in control of these things. I then am in control because <laughs> I don't want to feel like flung out. I don't want to fail. I don't want to come crashing down from wherever I set my hopes to. But the Lord is like, Jess, you, you are limiting me to the level of your control. And if you want my plan for your life, you have to let me be in control. If you want to be like, then you're limiting yourself to this. But I've told you, that's what I want from you. And you're right. You can't get there by yourself. You are completely out of control. And that's very high up. But I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you wherever you go. This is what I've said about you. What are you going to do about it? And I realized I actually, and again, it was, a, it was a scary thing for me to do, but I had to take these limits off. And I had to say, okay, I'm going to believe for something that is out of my control. That is way out. That is not even necessarily realistic <laughs> to my own capabilities. I had to put my faith out for more because when you create a bigger expectation of the Lord, you actually give him more room to work. If you limit your expectation down to this, then you're giving him this amount to work with. If you don't expect, like for just a practical example, if you don't know and believe that God is a healer, the next time someone comes past you in a wheelchair, you're not going to pray for them. You spend your whole life, you're not going to see a single miracle because you didn't expect that. You didn't have that expectation. But as soon as you start believing this is who God is, you actually start acting on that thing, and then you start drawing those things into your life, the things that God wanted to put in your life, just as a practical um, example. So I realized, like, am I afraid to believe this that the Lord has said? <laughs> am I afraid to believe this? Is it out of my control? So... I really believe that we're in a Joshua 1 moment now. And I believe that when the call throughout the camp 
goes out, that we need to get ready in our hearts. That actually in our hearts now, we're supposed to be asking the Lord, what are my promises? What is this season? What am I supposed to be moving on? What is this this time? Um, I feel like there is a call to hope. There's a call to hope. Because there's one thing you can intellectually think about all these things. But what are you hoping for? Where is your hope? And where have you capped your hope at? I think is a really important. Where have you capped your hope at? Um, Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But um, the desire fulfilled is the tree of life. It's Proverbs 13, 12. So when hope leaves your heart, it gets sick. And I'm sure... A lot of you have experienced that at some point. When you have a situation you believe for, you believe for, you believe for, and you start feeling your hope for that thing start to drain and starts leaving, you can start feeling your heart getting sick. You can start feeling it start to drain. And so there's this call to hope because hope is the oxygen to the human soul. Like it really is. If you don't have hope, you know, you start running out of it. You need to make sure that you are lifting up your hope. You're hoping for things. You're bringing it up. Hope is the oxygen of the human soul. So a couple of, couple of keys that I also found um, just by meditating on this, on this chapter. Number one, Joshua went through the camp and reminded the people of the word of the Lord. Where do you find hope? Like, where do you begin? Start reminding yourself of the word of the Lord over your life. If you need, write out your prophetic words. If you don't have a prophetic word, find somebody here and say, hey, I really would like a prophetic word. <laughs> um, chances are you're going to find somebody. Go back. Go, go to, go to your, the, the word of the Lord in your Bible. Find these things. What is God saying? With these promises, go back to the root of those things, that initial moment. Say, well, what is God saying? What has he said? Remind yourself who God was. The mistake their parents made was um, when the whole thing had the 12 spies went out, they came out, they got afraid, they left. Then the Lord got angry because he said, wasn't I the God that brought them out of Egypt? Wasn't I the God that did all these signs and wonders? Basically, like, have they forgotten who I am? Why are they afraid to go in? Joshua and Caleb said, the Lord is with us, not with them. Why, oh, why are you afraid? And when we lose sight of who God is, that's when we start to lose our hope because we start putting all of that battle on us and on, on our ability to conquer. Um, so go back to the word of the Lord. Go back to the promise. That's what Joshua went through him. He said, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. This is who God is. This is what he said. Get into that lane. You'll feel hope start to rise up in your heart immediately. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the unseen. Faith gives substance to the things that you hope for. So if you've got things, you've got, you've got a lot of faith. We've, we've got faith. You, everyone's got faith. It depends on where, what you're investing it in. If you've got hope, you need to bring that hope up so that your faith can bring substance to that hope. In the same way, your faith can give substance to the things that you fear as well. If you're facing a, prom a promise or you're facing a shift in season and you've got fear in that, in that moment, you've got a lot of your fears outweighing your hope, your faith, you can actually put so much faith in your fear that, oh, this is definitely what's going to happen, that you just go, wow, and your faith gives substance to your fear rather than giving substance to the things that you hope for. If I hope 
is so important that your hope, you're lifting your hope up, you're bringing it up inside of yourself so that your faith, you can partner your faith with your hope and it can give substance to that thing. Um, I wrote this in my journal. I just copied it down um, when I was writing this. It's a little piece that I was reminding myself of and I'm just going to share it with you. Said it's a new dawn and it's a new day. Um, said Aslan is bre breathing into the desolation. I don't know if you remember that scene from The Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. Um, I just had it clearly in mind from the movie where Aslan breathes on a statue, the statue that had been turned to stone, and the statue's hair blows back. And it's just this moment. And it's, it's a beautiful moment because um, they're all there and it's like devastation and it's, it's, it's hard and this is a someone turned into stone and it's cold and it's icy and then there's this moment where the stone just moves and it's just and his hair blows back and then nothing happens for two seconds but it's like the hot, hot, everything goes oh what was that and then life starts to breathe back into that statue so the sun rises on a charred horizon color springs forth from the ground keep your eyes up from the threat of death and distract and death and distraction they are just shadows and whispering threats when you look at them, your gaze is taken off the color of the horizon. So what I meant by that was the Lord was speaking to me in the time about Psalm 23 and how though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And the Lord said, it's the shadow of death, it's not the valley of death. There's shadows and there's threats, there's the threat of death. But when you walk through it, you get, you've set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And the Lord was like, Jess, if you in the valley and you're looking at all of these threats. You're looking at all these things like, oh, but this is what's going to happen. Oh, if you, if you carry on walking into the promised land, you can't, oh, you think there's a table up there and you think you're going to eat in front of me? Nonsense. You know, you're going to, this is the, no, 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 don't even. It's these threats. And what happens is, is we, we tend to turn our eyes to the threats or sometimes we actually, we mistake that's our battle and we start fighting at these little threats instead of just walking through. No, that's what God said. That's what's going to happen. And so what you focus on, you get more of. What you partner your faith with, you're going to get more of. So, so the second thing is in Joshua 1.13, it says, the Lord your God is giving you rest and giving you the land. And this was really impactful for me because I realized the fight ahead is not what I think. The fight is to believe and act on those beliefs. So the fight for the Israelites was not even necessarily the fights of the Hittites and these ites and that ites and the next ites. It was, the fight was to believe God. That was where the fight was. And in that way, you enter in in rest. If you can say, okay, your fight is just, I believe God and I am hopeful. Hopefully entering into the season. You actually enter in, into, in rest. The land was given to us by his promise, not by our works. The promised land was given to the Israelites not because they were the best soldiers in the whole world. They were, they were a warrior nation at that point, but that's not why they got the promised land. They got the promised land because it was his promise, not their ability to fight. The fight is an obedience, is an obedience response to his promise in the same way that the victory is a response to his promise, not to our fighting skills. It's all wrapped up into his word. 
So the victory that you have is not dependent on you. The victory is established by his word. And us, our fight is an obedience in response to his word. In this way, when we say yes to his promises, those victories are saying yes to his word as well. And then we are both walking in the direction of the promised land. And in this way, we're not walking towards victory. We're walking beside victory. Because we're going in the same way and we're following the same thing. We're walking beside victory. And to walk in obedience is to walk in victory. Heaven takes trust personally. So to end with this, it's like what, what could this look like practically in your life? What could this possibly be? And I'm hoping that the Lord has started to speak to you and you're starting to feel his presence stirring in your heart, that there's some things that you feel like you need to step up and believe for and bring your courage and bring your hope up to the surface. But it could be, um, it could be that there are promises over your family, maybe relationships in your family and around your family. Maybe there's salvations you're believing for. Maybe there's work situations. Maybe God has called you to be a certain kind of person in your workspace. That, um, maybe there's promises over your life of who you are and what you're going to do. Maybe there's long-awaited, maybe there's promises from like years and years and years back that the Lord's bringing to you to remembrance, that the Lord is bringing up to the surface. But I know um, for this church um, and for this house, there's a couple of things that I do just want to highlight um, to you, which I'll probably, I'll get mom to pray, play a prophetic word in a little bit. Um, but there, there's promises over this house. There's promises over this place being in a place of encounter um, uh, by the Lord, that this is a place where people come and get refreshed and leave having encountered who God is as a person. What I think is beautiful is I can already see this word um, acting out in the sense that we're not sitting here like waiting for revival to drop on us like a big flood. Like, listen, I'm ready and I'm keen for that day as well. But there's a moment where we're like, no, I believe that the time is now. This is the time that we're ministering in this way. This is the time that we're going to see the Lord um, in and pouring out his presence in this time and in this place. And because of that, if we believe that, if we act on that, we'll start acting like it. So you'll see people stepping out in their workplaces, which people already have, in their families, in their spaces of influence. You'll see people moving and being like, okay, that is what God has said, and the time is now we're crossing the Jordan and we're going to see this thing happen. So that's, that's one way where I would, would love for you to, to partner with this, with this house and with this family, that you would do, that you would start exporting what you know is inside you, what you know the promise is over this place and over this house, that you'd go and export that to wherever it is that you're going at. And then we would see the promised land because we're stepping out into the promised land. Um, and I just feel like it's time. Um, so have enough courage to bring your hope to the surface have confidence enough to speak about what you are believing. That's another big key. Is like we want to sometimes secret away the promises that we believe in just in case you're wrong. The Lord was like, you know, and I was like, yes, I believe it. And he was like, why don't you go and talk to so-and-so? Tell them what you're believing for. And I was like, no, I don't want to because then I'm going to look like a chop if I'm wrong. And the Lord was like, oh, so, so you don't really believe it then, hmm? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go tell them now. I'm just going to go quickly and just tell them what's going to happen now. Um, so have enough confidence in the promise to step out and go to someone and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And it's happening now. 
Um, that's the thing. You, you, it's 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 uh, to hide behind one day. This is who I'm going to be, and this is what I'm going to do. The Lord has spoken. No, you can't go up to someone and say, "This is what God is currently doing in my life. This is what He's going to do by the end of the year. This is what's going to happen." I mean, do it with God. Okay, go with God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go with God. If this is what God has told you in your heart, speak it out to someone. Um, own your conquer. And I want to end with this verse, Proverbs 23:18. It says, Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Amen. Let's pray. So Lord God, and I'll, I'll, I'll lead you on this prayer that, that I've prayed. You can pray it alongside me if you want to. Said, Lord, I understand that to enter into the promised land, it takes a step of faith. And I choose this day to step out of my waiting season, to cross the Jordan into the promised land. I go with your presence. I repent of my distrust, for my fear, for any hopelessness and bitterness that I have allowed into my heart. I am not a victim to the desert. Today, I step out of the boat and I trust you. I will not let fear masquerade as patience in a waiting season. I rise up to take my place and receive my promises. I fight in, from, alongside, and towards victory. I'm not sure of how this is going to work, Lord, but you do. And I decide to throw my faith behind my hope. In Jesus' name. I just Amen. want to pray one more thing. Um, just, there's some of us here who are in that place of you being so disappointed because you've been holding on to a promise for so long and you've been disappointed again and again and again when it hasn't come about. And so, you're, you know, that disappointment, um, it's difficult to get over that to be able to enter into the promised land. And so, in a sense, God needs to heal that disappointment. So if maybe that's you, and if that's you, just right now, just lift up your hands. And like Jess said, you know, she spoke about Aslan breathing on that statue. Maybe you're that person who said after many disappointments, you've just hardened your heart, just in order, in a sense, to feel like you can survive. And so, you know, it's hard to step out again to say, I'm going to believe this because you don't want to be hurt and disappointed again. So if that is you, you all you have to, what I want you to do now is just stand before the Lord and just allow him to breathe on you, breathe on you, breathe on that, that disappointment that has hardened your heart. Just breathe on the hardness that you've just put in your heart because of disappointments, the hardness to the word that he's spoken, and allow him to breathe on you. Just receive his breath of life. Receive his life just filling you. What you're going to have to do is just actually, what I want you to do is just actually take all that disappointment, sort of feel like you're holding it in your hands, and I want you to just lift it up to the Lord. 
I'm just saying to him, come take all this disappointment, all this pain and disappointment, and just give it to him. Father, I just pray right now that you would lift off of every person here the pain of disappointment, especially the repeated disappointment. Just lift it off. Just feel the Lord just taking it off you. Thank you, Jesus. Now just purposefully in your heart, just open your heart to him. Just say, Lord, I allow your life to come in again. I allow possibilities to come in again. Just let him breathe onto your heart. Let his life fill you. Just Even if you need to take a deep breath in, just Receive his life into that area. And this is just faith, you know. You'd, you're going to see a change. As you just make that decision, you're going to see a change this week, just a softening and just a manuableness. Now, others here, you might feel like, you know, I, I have hope, but you've just been in the desert and you've just got used to just, oh, well, I'm waiting for it to happen. And it's sort of like on the back burner. And like God's saying, he's been speaking to you while Jesse's been ministering, and he's saying to you, now is the time to actually act on your faith. And so that often requires something. So I want you to ask the Lord, what is that's something I need to do. What is the thing you're asking me to do? What's that first, that little step that I'm taking? Like for the Israelites, it was cross over the Jordan in three days. So, um, and then after that, the next instruction was to go around um, um, Jericho. What is God's instruction to you? And it might be something that doesn't feel like it's anything to do with the promise. You know, I'm like, how... How was God going to defeat Jericho with them marching around seven times? That just seems silly, you know. Whatever it might be, just ask the Lord just to put in your heart that, that step, that next step. Father, we ask that you would reveal to us that just the next step, the next thing we need to do to position ourselves to take that first step into the promised land, into this promise that you have for us. We thank you for the courage and the boldness to do that. You know, when the disciples, they had to have courage and boldness to do what God told them to do, and they asked, give us boldness. And if so, if that's what you need to take that step, just ask the Lord, give me boldness, Lord. Give me courage. Fill my heart with courage. Fill my heart with courage. Thank you, Jesus, for boldness and courage to act on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So what I want you to do this week, um, just to sit with the Lord for a little bit and just ask him to just maybe water anything that stuck out to you. If nothing stuck out to you, chuck it. Carry on. But I really feel like there's some things here for some people that, that this just needs to nestle in your heart. And what I've done with it is I've just pondered it, pondered what are you saying, what are you saying, what are you saying, what are you saying, and allowing those seeds to just grow. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.